Welcome back to episode nine, Two Knicks Talk Sports. I'm Nick Minocchio here with Nick St. Lawrence. Yo, yo. Uh, coming live with our own Monday Night Football edition. Um, recording a little early because of the holiday this week. But uh, going to jump into uh, week 11 of the NFL, little week 12 preview. Um, probably start off with some NBA and Celts are actually on right now too, as well as Monday Night Football. They're getting whooped currently. But uh, we're going to start off with some NBA, kind of recap some of that. But before we hop into that, Nick, how are we doing? We're doing good, man. Good to be back. Uh, took a week hiatus and now we're back in action. Uh, a lot of sports to talk about. Um, Celtics, Friars, Patriots, uh, Bruins are still killing it. We don't really cover uh, hockey, but they're doing excellent as well. Um, but yeah, we want to start off the day with some Boston Celtic talk. And the reason being is that they're on a you know nine-game winning streak. Uh, so Nick, what do you think? I mean, so we're going to start with them because they're the best offense in NBA history, right? Like at this point, they're, they're literally the best offense in history. They're averaging a buck twenty a game, uh, nine-game winning streak coming into tonight. I know they're losing right now, but... Still have to be played. This is... I don't think this is what people expected coming into the season. For, for sure not for me. I, I, I mean, I thought they would be good. I didn't think they'd be 13-3 and three good. I also didn't think without Williams that they'd be where they're, where they're at either. But um, with that being said, I mean, Tatum has somehow taken the next step, I guess, in his evolution going from All-Star last year to MVP candidate this year. I think Jalen Brown, similar fashion going from, in my mind, should have been an All-Star over Middleton last year. But, you know, borderline all-star last year to, I think he's a, a shoe-in uh, all-star this year. And, I mean, the rest of the team is kind of filling certain roles right now. Uh, Brogdon, who we talked about kind of being like a six-man uh, type of role, has been banged up a little bit, but he's been great. Smart somehow has turned into a better point guard than I thought he was going to be. I mean, just overall, they're, they're clicking as a team. Uh, Missoula obviously has the offense going in the right direction. Um, my one, I guess, negative takeaway we talked about, but uh, their defense has been really bad so far. Um, but, I mean, I guess if you're scoring 120 a game, you're you're able to outscore them when they're scoring 113. So, um, I mean, they're the best team in the league right now, and they're going to add maybe their most second most important, third most important piece, maybe the most important from the defensive perspective in Williams at some point once he comes back from injury. Um, I, I think they're they're up to, I mean, they got to be, what, top three favorite because the West is really upside down right now. Um, it's got to be them, Milwaukee. I mean, I don't know who else is, maybe Phoenix from a, from a finals perspective. And um, I know Tatum took over the MVP from a betting perspective. He took over. He's the MVP favorite right now, which is kind of wild. I mean, we talked about it. You, you said it. You said, you know... Um, Basically, Tatum was going to be an MVP candidate, and you know Jalen Brown was going to be an All Star again, as he should have been last year. And that was before it came to fruition. We we were talking about the defensive side, but on the flip side, we said you know our offense uh, seems like it's it's legit. Our firepower is serious. I mean, for a little bit there, I don't know whether or not it's still the case, but for you know plus minus for efficiency uh, purposes, Sam Hauser was the most efficient player in the whole NBA with the highest plus minus. So. Um, you know, he, he's been red hot off the bench, which gives us a spark. Um, 
for a little bit there. Brogdon was out, and Peyton Pritchard came in, and he filled that role beautifully. I mean, the dude is just a spark plug off the bench, both offensively and defensively. Um, Derek White we talked about prior to uh, the podcast starting, and he's been – awesome i mean uh smart's been out a couple games he's back tonight but he's been out and he's been awesome in the starting lineup um you know uh even horford's kind of been playing you know like his younger self shooting at a very high percentage and then you've got two superstars on your team so um again i think we're going to be fine defensively i agree with you that's definitely our um weakness if you if you say that there is one but i think once we get our pillar of defense back um and in williams then that's going to be a huge um thing going forward and also grant williams i mean he's kind of like an unsung hero he got you know jolted in the starting lineup and he stretches your your defense in many ways he shoots a extremely high percentage from three-point line way better than i ever thought he was going to be in college um and he's actually got some inside game too so um yeah, he as a whole, we've just been great. So. I mean, he's, he's got like a, a smoothness to his game, and he showed it obviously last year in, in, in the playoffs too. He was, you know, a, a key cog in uh, playing 20 minutes a game or whatever he was playing. But this year, he's a starter, and he's, I won't say he's lived up to it because he's, I don't, I don't really know what to expect from him, but what's he shooting? 40, 42%, 43% from three? Something like that. I mean, Hauser's got to be somewhere around the same thing too. So if you have two guys that you can put on the court that, can also defensive rebound and they can shoot 40 percent plus from threes i mean you're just you're just diving right into 22 23 nba where you want that stretch stretch four guy and they have two of them that can play the exact same role and hauser also can handle the ball a little bit too I mean, he, he actually he, plays decent defense too he gets like slated as like a one-dimensional shooter only and i mean you're not getting minutes and that the minutes he's getting if your slouch on you know uh, other phases of the game i mean granted you have to score but because that's per- his primary purpose of being in but you know um yeah he uh, he can he can do it all and like you said grant williams it is 48 percent um from the three-point line which is like 10 percent up uh, from his career average and hauser's at uh 47.9 so i mean that's just crazy. about 48 that i mean they're literally that's crazy one of every two shots they take is going in from three-point line i mean and you know um d'antoni tried to preach this years ago like you know uh live and die by the three-point shot and you know missoula he that's his motto right now we're shooting a ton of three-point shots where he cares about our offensive octane and i mean the only thing that can beat a good defense is a better offense. So uh, that's true, and they hit twenty threes in back to back games, which is so crazy to think of. You know, probably like five, six years ago, that that was unheard of. I think the Celtics record up till last year was like twenty one threes in a game. I mean, go through our lineup. You know, right? It, just tonight alone, you got Grant Williams, Tatum, Horford, Smart, and Brown. Of those five players, you know, unfortunately, our two guard uh, or a guard, point guard, whoever you want to call Marcus Smart, he's the worst of the five, but he can shoot them better in the clutch situations than as an overall shooter. But then you go right to our bench. Hauser's, you know, uh, like we said, one or two. Uh, Cornette probably doesn't shoot threes. He's just a white dude that gets banged on underneath, but he comes in and doesn't care to do that. Um, Brogdon can shoot three, and, and White can shoot three. And then, again, if one of those guys are out, Pritchett comes in, and he can shoot three. So um, that's pretty much everyone on your roster that can shoot threes. So um, that definitely makes it a little difficult on the defense. I mean, they, they have to be – so it has to be them in Milwaukee as far as for the East. You know, when you, when you start going down the line, Atlanta – 
I mean, they have a great one-two in the backcourt, but they're up and coming. A few teams are up and coming, but they're not. I don't think they're Cleveland. Honorable. I mean, Cleveland played yeah. a hell of a game with with uh, Boston, but then they went on a losing streak. And I think they'll be there if they stay healthy because Mobley and Jared Allen are awesome together. And they're huge. Um, Darius Garland, we talked about a little bit before this. I, I think he's he's probably better than Mitchell. Mitchell gets a little more hype, but Garland's unbelievable. But they added Mitchell, so I mean, it definitely uh, bolsters their they're team there. dramatically. But, but outside of them, I mean, the Sixers are toast. Harden's already injured. Maxie's injured. Embiid's out for the next two games. They're cooked. Rivers will be fired at the end of the season. The Nets are the Nets. I mean, Durant is unbelievable. I, I don't know what they're going to end up doing. They're going to end up trading either Kyrie or Durant at some point. And that's it. I mean, the Heat are, they're done. Bam isn't a, a superstar, and Jimmy's a, you know, another year older. And that's it. I mean, it's not going to be the Wizards. It's not going to be Indiana, Toronto, none of those. So the Celts are, in my mind, a coin flip to be back in the finals you know, knock on wood with with the health, the key there. And then once you get into the West, I mean, Utah is in number I mean, one in the West. I, I, I'm happy for them because, uh, you know, uh, they got Olenek, um, you know, pretty much all the scraps of all the teams that, you know, Markinen, who's balling out right now. Um, they, I mean, they, they're actually, and they have Ainge. So uh, that's cool. Um, they're like the Boston West. Um, I just think Boston, if you put Boston against any of these teams, they're favored. I mean Utah, Phoenix, uh, Denver. I, I mean, I had I had a uh, like a couple statements that I was you know uh, saying to people at work today, and I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked them. But beyond maturity, I felt last year we were still the better team, even though we didn't win the finals. Like there was not one at one point that I thought that some team was better than us. Like when we were losing, we were beating ourselves and like, we weren't ready for the moment. Um, Tatum, you know, wasn't hundred percent. Williams wasn't hundred percent. But even then I still thought that we were the better team. So with that being said, we come into this year, Golden State, obviously, you know, had the maturity, had the experience. They win the title. They came in this year and I'm like, they're the team to beat, but they, they've been uh, subpar. They're uh, on the playoffs I mean, at it, the moment. they're eight and nine, they're under 500 right now. So like, you know, I think we're ready. I think, you know, un- sometimes it takes that loss for you to take that next step. And I don't think that taste in everyone's mouth. The majority of the people besides Brogdon are coming back. So um, they're ready, man. They And they seemed it. They seem poised. There's a continuity on the team. I feel like it seems like everyone gets along. And th- those team chemistry things of like, you know, those guys doing stuff together and being there, I, it really shows. And, you know, um, I mean, they're 13 and 3. We mentioned this, too, when the whole Yudoka thing went down, that it was going to go one way or the other, right? It was it was either going to be a distraction for the for the year, and Missoula was going to get outcoached. They were going to have issues, so on and so forth. Or it was going to bring the team together, and everyone was on the same page, and that the players had to sign off on it, in a sense, for Yudoka to get suspended for the entire season, and for Brad to, and Ainge to be able to do that. Not Ainge, sorry, he's not there anymore, but... Uh, for Wick to be able to do that. And that seems to be the way that it went down, was the team came together, understands that, you know, they're bigger than just one. So the coach being out, not that it doesn't matter, but it, it's just another obstacle that they can get over. Um, and, I mean, again, they're, what, 16 games in, so they're less than a quarter of the way through the season. But I'm just happy that they're back to essentially the favorite if not one of the favorites to get to the finals. 
and they've stayed healthy outside of Rob so far through it. I mean, as long as I feel like as long as they can keep both of the Jays, Smart and Brogdon healthy, they'll have a shot in pretty much any game in any series. Yeah, and and I and the fact that Grant Williams is actually playing good allows Horford to still not get yeah. smoke with minutes, which I actually like, especially when Rob Williams comes back like Having that and then Cornette, you know, uh, coming in or, you know, whoever it may be, dispelling them of a little bit of minutes helps preserve them through the year. So I think that's important. I also think, you know, a reason for the transition to be somewhat smooth or, uh, I mean, positive is that Missoula was there. It wasn't like we just got some new coach out of Absolutely. somewhere and, you know, coming in. So, like, in all honesty, I mean, Yudoka uh, is known as that more of a defensive guy, and it, you could see our prowess on D was much better, but our offense lacked. And you know now we have somebody that sees a different light in our team and is bringing out a different strength in us. And you know, like you just said, our, you know our offense is maybe the best in history. But I can tell you what one thing: it's the best in the league right now, and we have the best record. We have the MVP candidate, and uh, we're rolling. So we need to keep that up. We are currently getting smoked by uh, Chicago Bulls. So um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. that. Um, and, and from an MVP perspective, I mean, I'm a homer, and you know I'm a Tatum fan through and through, but uh, I, I mean, I, as long as Luka stays healthy, it's his award. Him and him and Giannis, it's their award to lose because the numbers that Luka's putting up are absolutely just insane. Um, I mean, Steph as well, but I, I mean, if, if they stay below 500, which I don't think they will, but I mean, if you're out of the playoffs, you're not winning MVP. Uh, Luca's, it's I think it's Luca's award to win this year. Tatum would be, I, I mean, unless <laughs> somehow the Celtics win, you know, 80% of their games. I don't, I don't see that happening. But if they, maybe if they finish first in the East, and he stays over 30 points a game, I think he'll have a shot. But um, I mean, Luca's almost like 39 and eight or something like that right now with with stats and his stats are just insane. So um yeah we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye out on the uh on the game tonight but we wanted to we wanted to start with the Celts. they're just too hot to not mention right now um we'll jump into some uh some nfl from here so week 11 was uh by all accounts kind of just another wild week some injuries some crazy games uh some I think this was almost like a lackluster week from a fantasy perspective. There was a there was a lot of guys that blew up that probably weren't started expected, yeah, or yeah. expected to you know to blow up. Um, I mean, the one that I was just looking at because it was one of the first games on our list, like Jacoby Brissett threw for three twenty four and three TDs. You know, I, I doubt anyone started Brissett, but uh, it was just a it was it was kind of a crazy week. But um, we'll start off with the uh, with the Thursday night game, which was the Titans at the Packers. Uh, Green Bay was favored in the game uh, coming in, which was, which was kind of weird. Tannehill's first game back, um, but getting later in the season, and the the role that Derrick Henry plays later in the season played out again in this game. Yeah, I mean, long story short is that Aaron Rodgers just, you know, unfortunately didn't get it done again. Um, he... He just doesn't. He doesn't look like the same, you know, person. No. Um, you know, uh, the morale is down every week. It's someone new. I will say, Christian Watson, two weeks in a row now as a receiver, as a young buck, you know, pretty tall, big guy. He's been pretty stout. But uh, again, um, four for forty-eight, not too impressive. But he did have two touchdowns to try to keep him in the game. But Derrick Henry just wears you down. I mean, uh, he had like twenty carries by halftime. I think he didn't have many carries after halftime. Um, 
but he just he wears you down and they got Traylon Burks back and um, from the turf toe injury and he uh, he had a great game uh, eight targets seven for 111 this is a big time target I think that makes you know a, a little bit easier for Robert Woods who's again coming back from injury who's been a successful receiver when when fully healthy and now he doesn't have to be the guy Austin Hooper I mean they have pieces again they you know they're whole identity the titans are around their defense and derrick henry and if they can get some you know production from their receiving game they're going to be hard to beat and you know uh, i think that might have been the nail in the coffin for uh for the packers I yeah i mean the packers moved to four and seven i think they're they're done from a playoff perspective tennessee seven and three like what i mean they played malik malik willis for two weeks i think he had i don't know combined 140 Nothing. passing yards Something like that. It's it's the Derrick Henry show on their side. Uh, on the Green Bay side, what's been a huge disappointment for me this year was A.J. Dillon. I think coming into the season, everyone thought, you know, the 1-2 Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, probably one of the best in the league. A.J. Dillon was a very early round draft pick. I want to say like a fifth, sixth round draft pick, something like that. And he's been awful. And I don't know why he's been so bad. I don't know if it's just a, you know, he's down because he's not getting as many carries or whatever it is, but he's... He's just been awful this season. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what changed with with him, but uh, he's definitely been much worse this season than he was previous seasons. So, um, yeah, I mean, I it mean, sucks he got, that Rodgers is is going out like this, but I'm not disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Rodgers guy, but again, and I hate to like defend Rodgers or defend anyone on the Green Bay Packers, but. Like like many teams, you know, Najee Harris uh, owners, uh, the Fournette owners. Uh, um, I mean, I guess the only exception, you know, uh, maybe Burrow because he's getting sacked a thousand times, but he's still having success. But even, you know, Mixon had one game that was like a crazy game. But other than that, he's been bottled up for the majority of the year. Yep. These teams that just don't have really good offensive lines just don't have production from the running back position. And the reason being is it's like two-pronged. Number one, they can't go anywhere because, because you know, the defense has come to the line at will. But, you know, secondly, they can't get anything going. So, you know, uh, it's just um, it's not just a, you know, a running back thing. It's most most of the time it's, you know, a, a passing and a running thing. I think, like I said, the only exception uh, with all the teams I just included was, you know, uh, Cincinnati. And that's just because they're absolutely stacked at receiving. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, I will agree. Uh, Dylan definitely um, disappointing. Disappointing. Um, from uh, from a, a team that's, I guess, disappointing from a rushing perspective to, to one that's just an enigma from a rushing perspective, uh, Chicago at Atlanta. Atlanta runs the ball as well as anyone, I think, but um, they won again, 27-24. Uh, another nail-biter here. Um, Mariota played okay, I think, from a like an actual quarterback perspective, but they just run the ball. Algier runs the ball. Patterson... Huntley only had one carry, but he's had games that he's had, you know, 10, 12, 15 carries, whatever it was. Mariota had 13 in this game. Um, they ended up with a buck 49 on the ground. Atlanta just comes at you from like different, all different angles right now. And then Patterson's still returning kicks, which is a miracle. And he had a, you know, another touchdown this week. That was ridiculous. Gave him the the NFL lead outright. He looks so fast though. Like he had a burst. Like. I, it, it's just like we talked about this in the very beginning of the year like a guy that's come, you know not in his prime 
per se, but like having the best years of his NFL life like later in his career and to do it like as a quarterback you're like okay you're not you don't have to be as you know but this guy is a so you just said he's a kick returner and a converted wide receiver and a running back and the dude's a complete stud uh i mean averaging 5.2 yards a carry this game had a punt return touchdown um i mean he's he's awesome uh, i would say the downside to this game uh, a couple uh things is Kyle Pitts I think went out with a potential MCL tear which sucks uh for him uh on a kind of disappointing season but he's been trying to get involved more as of the uh, later parts of the season uh and now he's definitely going to be gone um we'll see if Drake London steps up in his absence uh, and then on the flip side, they said something like about Justin Fields uh, potentially hurt his shoulder, um, and he's been outstanding uh, the last, I would say, five. five yeah, I think or six it was his non. They, it came out today. It was his non-throwing shoulder. He separated it, so that's something that they said they probably just like put him in a sling, and it's it's more of like a pain thing. Like, can he play through the pain? And I, I guess they already said he's going to play. It's um, it's wild because we talked about Lamar Jackson at the beginning of the year like oh this guy's dang they can stay in any game because you know uh, his rushing upside and at the time he was like the fifth best rusher in the league well guess what uh, Justin Fields has now taken the torch because he's the fifth leading rusher in the league and um, they've been single handedly staying in every game crushed the Patriots and then back you know the next few games they've been right there with everyone and it's really just him uh, he's just really good. Yeah, he. I mean, he's got to be close to, if not above the average for the record right now from a from a, a rushing yards perspective. He's he's crushing his prop every week. His prop's been like 67, 69, 71 yards, and he's beating it every single week. Um, one and one more on on the Chicago front. Herbert got put on IR this past week. Montgomery ended up taking over the lead back role. He's he's not. He's not explosive. He's he's nothing, anything, you know, special. The guy runs really hard. They give him the ball. He he usually produces. Um, he's he's pretty damn good in the passing game. I don't know why they don't give him more opportunity there. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, Montgomery looks good, and he should be at least the next three weeks. I think he without competition. So um, definitely in the in the top 10, top 12 category from a running back perspective. He's a hard-nosed dude, man. He gets, like, no love. I, I, I've i always been a kind of a, a fan of Monty. He's just, he's again... Just not a, he's not, like, explosive. No, he doesn't have that, like... But he's he's got grit, and he'll get those tough yards. And, like you said, he doesn't really do anything bad. No. Um, he was their leading receiver and their leading rusher. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Fields was their leading rusher, but... Uh, 67 yards and a TD on the ground, and had three for 54 through the air. So yeah, I mean that's if you're, I mean that's, if that's your RB2 or R, even RB3, you you could do much worse. Oh, 100%. Um, so moving on from them, the uh, the Browns at the Bills, which was actually in Detroit because Buffalo got six feet of snow, which was definitely the wildest thing I've seen in a long time. I, I saw some pictures of like neighbors shoveling out Josh, Josh Allen, Allen so he yeah. could get out of his driveway. It just that was a wild scene in in northern New York, but um, the Bills take care of business. Thirty four, excuse me, thirty one, twenty three. Um, Allen had another down game. They mentioned the word slump on the broadcast too when I was watching the game. Allen's been down the past few weeks, and he didn't have a turnover this week, but he had multiple turnovers. I think the past few weeks, um, I think Buffalo just realized they they can't let Allen throw the ball 50 times and rush the ball 15, 20 times every single game. 
the entire season and then have him ready for the playoffs. Uh, they actually decided to run the ball with Singletary and Cook this week, both of them with 86 on the ground. And, I mean, they ended up with probably their best rushing game of the season. They had a buck 71 and a touchdown combined on the ground for the whole team. Uh, they just looked much better there. Um, I mean, some of the passing yards are obviously down, but when you're running the ball at, you know, five, five, five and a half yards a carry, you might as well just keep doing that. And in Cleveland's defense, uh, just piss poor. It sucks because their offense is not is not terrible. Like, Brissett's not bad. I mean, he's not great, but he's another guy that doesn't do anything bad. He plays really, really hard football. Um, Chubb didn't have a great game at all. Yeah, I mean, he actually sucked this week. Uh, but a lot of the receivers did well. Peoples-Jones, we mentioned as a, as a pickup, he's been pretty good. Had another touchdown this week, too. Yeah, I think he's uh, – Peoples-Jones, he's – I think this is like – Three or four weeks in a row, that's over 60 yards, um, uh, which is is pretty good for a guy that you might pick up this late uh, in the season off the waivers. Um, story of the game to me uh, is is Nick Chubb. I mean, 14 carries and 19 yards. I mean, uh, so credit to Buffalo D on stopping their main weapon and it forced Brissett to throw. And, you know, uh, he did a great job at that. I mean, they were leading, uh, you know, um, this game. Um and Buffalo, it came back and was awesome. I think uh, one of the big things that happened in this game is that Stefan Diggs wasn't getting targeted. He went over to the coach and was like, target me. And then the next drive, I think he got targeted three three times on that drive and scored a touchdown. And it uh, just shows that Stefan Diggs still arguably a top three receiver in the, in the league. And uh, James Cook, one of their, you know, uh, rising studs or shining stars that they were hoping have big things was hyper efficient on the ground 11 for 86 had some big plays at a 29 yard rush um i mean he's he brings a good. he brings a different he dynamic to, yeah if you have the explosive runner and you know he's been said to have good hands in the backfield too you know to catch passes they did snipe naheem hines before the trade deadline so i mean if they're trying to preserve Josh Allen, that UCL injury, you know, to to make it through the season before he, you know, um, potentially gets some work done, uh, this is the way to do it. Defense, you know, uh, efficient passing and a, a ground game. And they have the pieces to do it. So uh, we'll see uh, next game. But I think that's a good assessment by you. And uh, that's exactly what they did. And they got, they got a up. quick turnaround, too. They play yeah. the early game on Thanksgiving back in Detroit. So I don't know if they're going back home to New York or if they're staying in Detroit or whatever, but um, they'll be back bright and early on uh, on Thursday morning or early afternoon, I should say. Um, so the next game up on the docket is the Eagles and the Colts. And this was a, a weird game as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, from a Colts perspective, uh, played well, rushed the ball. I want to say it was probably one of the be- better rushing games that the Eagles have led up all season. Um, 22 for 84 on the ground. The Colts have been, I hate to say better with Matt Ryan. I mean, Ellinger wasn't going to get it done anyways, but Matt Ryan coming back, I think, gives fantasy owners of Taylor and Pittman and Campbell opportunities to still play their guys and not worry that they're going to you know, get zeros or have just bad games in general. I mean, the Colts still only put up 16 points, which is not good, but you know, we'll see how they do. Um, on the on the other side of the ball, the Eagles tough out a win. Hurts two more TDs, one through the air, one through the ground. 
Uh, he we, we talked about this just before. I mean, he's a top three fantasy quarterback. He's drafted you know, definitely later than Mahomes, definitely later than Allen. Got league winner kind of written on him if he keeps up these games, especially with the ground game. If he can, I mean, I don't think he's going to get 16 carries for 86 yards every week. He's not, you know, that type of rusher, but those numbers add up huge from a quarterback perspective. Yeah, I mean, um, a couple things. Uh, since Jeff Saturday took over the team, they look like they have a different identity. Um, get back to what their strengths are. Jonathan Taylor's, you know, a little bit healthier. Um, you know, going back to that ground and pound first, you know, uh, defensive-minded football. Um, Pittman's, you know, been better with Matt Ryan at the helm. Much better. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're – I mean, I just don't – I guess at this point I don't want to stand what they're trying to do. I mean, they're probably not making the playoffs – um, at this point, I, I guess um, I don't I don't I don't see the the need uh, for them to win games. On the flip side, though, um, the Eagles, I mean, they squeaked out this win. Um, they I don't know, they can't kind of seem out of sorts this game. You know, coming uh, off the loss last week, and um, they got it done when they needed to. Brown had you know a, a big fumble late, which I think would have put them up and probably uh, changed the momentum of the game. Instead, they that was a negative momentum uh, builder. Second week and, uh, in a row, though, too, with yeah. the, the fumble. I mean, the week before was the Quez Watkins fumble. Yep. This week was A.J. Brown. They just happened to... Just got to be smarter the with out. the ball. Um, Miles Sanders didn't have uh, a very good game, but hard when your quarterback's rushing 16 times to 86 yards, so um, 13 for 47 on the ground. The bottom line is they got they got the win, and they keep plugging along 9-1, still a pretty damn good uh, record, so... Um, so the next game up, the Jets and the Patriots, AFC East, I guess, you know, heavyweight matchup. I don't know how you want to even put this game. Uh, definitely set back offensive football 25 years on both sides of the ball. Both teams were just pathetic offensively. The Jets put up three in the second quarter, so did the Pats. And honestly, the game came down to a punt with what 15 17 seconds left whatever it was from the jets uh marcus jones catches it at the 16 yard line catches a few blocks runs up the right sideline all the way for a touchdown uh, which was definitely one of the coolest things i saw all weekend it definitely took me out off my couch screaming it was an awesome awesome play cool to see but take that away and the pats looked awful i mean jones we talked about it, but Jones only had four incompletions. Somehow they didn't score. I mean, I don't know how you can go 23 for 27 and not put up any points besides three in the second quarter. They just they didn't look good on the offensive side. The defense is keeping them in games, which it has been pretty much all year. Uh, Judon, Duggar, Jack Jones, those guys are all really, really good. And if they do anything somehow, some way, because they're six and four, it's going to be on the back of the defense. Yeah, I mean, Judon, another one and a half sacks. That puts him at, what, like 12 and a half of the year. So um, kudos to him. I, I mean, both of these teams has kind of been, uh, their record are uh, indicative of their defenses, both of them, uh, coming into uh, this game. I mean, here's the thing. Mac Jones, even, you know, he's been, his whole NFL career, he's been, you know, pretty efficient and not making mistakes. So it's good to see him have a pretty decent game, 23 for 27 and 246, averaging 9.1 um, per attempt, which is not horrendous. It's not good. I think the problem is is that we don't really have a playmaker 
once we get in the red zone. Like, you know, um, and they know we're going to run the ball, especially against a stout D like, you know, the Jets. And, you know, we just can't score. Um, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson's awesome, but he shouldn't be our leading receiver. I mean, we need somebody to step up and be that guy. Um, you know, Myers is kind of a plugger. He's in the safe play every week. But, I mean, he's not the home run hitter, and that dude is allergic to the end zone. He's like one touchdown and two seasons like it, the guy just doesn't get in the end zone so you know whether it be john o smith you know um or uh how about hunter uh, henry yeah, hunter henry how about thornton somebody anybody uh you know um we pay aguilar a ton of money uh him um i, I don't know anybody damian harris was a bright spot this game he didn't rush a ton but was he always kills the but Jets. you know um he just was breaking off pretty big runs every time he touched the ball <laughs> Zach Wilson is in the fucking twilight zone. This dude was terrible. Uh, 9 for 22 for 77 yards, and after the game, they basically were like, you know, you held the Patriots until that last play to three points. Like, you know, do you think you could have, you know, you let your defense down? And, like, without any hesitation, he says no. And then apparently I'm reading tweets that, you know, uh, the locker room is disgruntled because he's walking around like he's not the problem. And, uh, yeah, man, that that. He's fucking terrible. So I, I saw the tweet that I think you liked on Twitter was um, that people need to watch the game because that Wilson throws the ball down the field pretty often. And, you know, the the, the guys that he's throwing to are just dropping the ball, mainly Devin McCourty, um, because he dropped the interception. It was in his lap. It was the easiest interception I mean, of all that time. was funny. But also, yeah, Wilson's Wilson's really bad. Um Salah came in as a, a defensive coach, right? And their defense is good. Their defense is very good. And that's, again, what's kept them in a lot of their games, too. But they have to go back to, to Flacco. Wilson's horrendous. They have a shot. I mean, the Jets have a shot to make the playoffs. They're 6-4. They're and four. I mean, honestly, both of these teams, in a heat, I hate ever comparing the Patriots to the Jets because I despise the Jets, arguably, like, my most hated team in NFL history. Um but they have very similar identities. You've got defensive-minded coaches. They're yep. Both their defense are really good. They're not very good at uh, you know building quarterbacks. I mean, unless you have just a Tom Brady coming along, which is not usually the case. But even when Tom Brady in his early career had some pretty great offensive minds, uh, you know uh, Charlie Weiss and uh, you know people at that company, we just don't have that right now. And you know I think that's the reason why maybe Mac Jones has regressed a little bit. Not to mention we just don't have anybody with big playability to to you know be that red zone target. Like they, I mean it's 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 full-on all of last season, uh, 10 games this year, the the, the two-tight-end experiment that they'd shelled out, whatever they shelled out, $100 million, a is lot. a failure, complete yeah. failure, like w- beyond a, a failure. I mean, and then you couple, you, you, you know, uh, you add into the trifecta Nelson Aguilar, and it was just, what a Scum. fucking bust of money. And then Tyquan Thornton getting injured and not playing whatever the first I... six, seven, eight games, whatever it was. Uh, Devonte, they signed Devonte Parker or traded for him. Whatever they did, he's terrible, and he's another guy that you might as well chalk him up for four or five injured games every single season as well. And he's a, you know, he's a big guy out there, but again, he's he, he's the type of guy that like pulls a hamstring or he has a quad or whatever. They're they're just a mess, and they, you know, I hate to advocate for Mac because at this point, it is what it is. They need to score more than three points regardless of who else is out there. I just don't understand how you can be that accurate, be 23 for 27, and not be able to put the ball in the end zone. 
when you get down there. Yeah, I mean, so a couple things that I I, I want to like share, you know, uh, with regards to that is that I mean, I just don't I don't understand how you regress like they, that that he did. Like I I I don't understand how you know Mac Jones was like on the come up and then you you come down and then you're like okay you know what I'm gonna go break the bank you know uh you know to bring in all this talent around you know a rookie, but they wouldn't do it for Tom Brady. You know, they, they, I mean, you have Tom Brady, you have one of the best ever that probably would have stayed in New England um, to try to win more championships, and you don't, and you you pay a bunch of scrubs, and, and Tom Brady goes to one of the best offenses in the league and then wins a, a, another title, and now we get new coaching staff on the offensive side of the board, and, you know, Mac is just... Um, I had to say, we, we just talked about Wilson being the worst quarterback in the league, right? Yeah. Mac is 29th in the league in yards, tied for 32nd in touchdowns, he's got seven interceptions, and he's 29th in the league in QBR. So when you start talking about worst quarterbacks in the league, unfortunately, he's in the conversation. I mean, we as a team, like, you know, for a little bit there, we're on a run, and I don't want to talk trash about a team that's, you know, um, you know, building off of wins, but... Um, I'm I'm like pleasantly surprised that we're in the hunt right now. We're the oh sixth team in the East, and you know we have a playoff spot right now. So, uh, which is awesome. Um, I just you know also want to be realistic. You know I don't think that we're gonna win a championship. However, I will say um, anything's possible with you know uh, these teams getting banged up. Um, you know I think my power rankings changed a teeny bit uh, personally, um, but uh, I mean we'll find out. But yeah, I don't I don't. Um, so we'll jump over from the Patriots because I'm sure we can dog on them pretty much all day. But uh, we'll we'll hop over to the Rams-New Orleans game, um, which I believe was in the early early window as well. Uh, New Orleans won 27-20. Matt Stafford came back and then got injured again, or I don't even know how it all went down. But Bryce Perkins played, who I've never heard of in my life um another guy you could have told me that played for the utah jazz and i would have believed you uh stafford actually had a pretty good game going he had two touchdowns which is better than i would have thought he was going to have coming into the game without really a lot of his receiving core that that has produced for him in cooper cup um and they ran the ball pretty decently so if you would have told me that stafford was going to have two touchdowns they were going to run for 150 yards i i would have said they win this game but somehow uh you know 2000 Six Andy Dalton showed up and he threw for three touchdowns. Um, the Saints are we- a weird, a weird, weird team. Like they're like an enigma. Uh, some games that they play, like this game, they look like they could beat anyone and compete with anyone. And then other other times, I watch them play and they play Arizona and get blown out of the arena. Um, they're just a, a weird team. But I, I think my huge takeaway from this, and we talked about it as our prep before this is Olave. He is a wide receiver one. I don't know where he's going to go next year from a fantasy perspective, but the kid is a stud. He's the offensive rookie of the year in my book. And if he plays the rest of the season, he's got a good shot to break some, probably some records that have been standing for a while. Yeah. I mean, he's been absolutely, I'm surprised that no one's even talking about him. The dude is like almost a guaranteed hundred yards in a touchdown game. Cause he had, he's that big playability dude. So fast that play, uh, we talked about pregame. Uh, I mean, Pre-pod is, you know, he 
breaks off that line. His break is amazing, uh, so fast, and he just completely uh, burned Ramsey for a touchdown. And it's good to see because Ramsey talks trash, and he's going to be getting burnt all year. To be lines up all over too, yeah. Olave. He's not like a, a one side guy. He plays the slot. He plays the outside. He kind of plays all over, which makes him probably harder to guard too and it's going to be hard to to lose when Dalton was nearly perfect I mean yep. 21 for 25 and it wasn't like just little dink and dunk passes I mean that pass Olavi was a you know kind of a bomb uh Camaro didn't do a ton in the game but the problem is is that you give him 12 carries he has 42 yards he got four for 47 on the uh through the air as well so that's going to help you talked about Juwan Johnson the early parts of this uh season you know being a kind of a, a spot tight end start in um for fantasy purposes and you know i think there's like three games in a row now that he's actually yeah. scored um on the flip side tutu atwell one of their speedsters had a pretty big bomb for a touchdown alan robinson stepped up you know in the absence of cooper cup now uh, four for 47 a td cam Akers back from the dead now 14 for 61 you know you talked about the utah jasmine uh Bryce Perkins, the quarterback, 5 for 39. Kyron Williams off the IR, 7 for 36. And still in the doghouse forever and uh, and ever, uh, Darrell Williams, 2 for 9. Um, uh, I mean, Henderson, sorry. Um, but, yeah, so that's the tale of the tape on this one. Um, so we'll, we'll flip over to another um, NFC matchup, Detroit at the Giants. Uh, it just This was just a weird game as well um <clears throat> giants lose 31 18 detroit ekes out uh, a win um over the giants uh, detroit runs the ball all over new york which coming into the game i would have said new york's defense is you know their uh, their staple there <clears throat> they weren't going to give up a ton of you know big plays that type of stuff jamal williams rushes for 17 for 64 three touchdowns uh, DeAndre Swift, 5 for 20 and a touchdown. They got four on the ground, uh, 160 yards total. Um, Goff didn't do a ton, but he also didn't get sacked once, and I don't think he had a turnover. So, I mean, the team doesn't turn the ball over and doesn't get sacked. Their offense probably going to do pretty decent. They scored 31. So, yeah, just a weird game. I, I would have thought the Giants would play better defense in the game. Yeah, um, a couple things. I think uh, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, Giants are just coming back down to life. I mean, yeah. they basically, I, we said that they were kind of similar to the Titans in the fact that they were like a runner back and a defense oriented, you know, the defense got exploited and they stopped Barkley. Uh, Barkley, one of the worst games uh, of the season, 15 for 22, didn't get in the end zone. Breida sniped a touchdown for him. Um, although Daniel Jones, you know, um, played pretty good. Wandale Robinson went out with an ACL tear after going nine for 100, so their leading receiver after kind of having a hiatus week last week um, kind of balls out and then gets injured. So now they're back down to Darius Slayton, Richie James, uh, and the mannequin Galladay as their receiving core. I mean, I just feel like the bottom could just fall out from the Giants, uh, you know, immediately, and they could go on a losing streak right now. Um, as much as I hate to just hate on a team i just never was convinced on how good they are and detroit i mean they're just fun to watch i mean they they can put up points i mean they just got rid of their their tight end you know, jamal williams leading the league in touchdowns with another three touchdowns in this game which is ridiculous um he's the motivator dan campbell is uh, uh again another you know motivational guy a guy like you know uh 
makes you want to run through a wall for him and his team just they fight they're in every game um they can lose every game but they can win every game too so <laughs> they, four, four, they can lose every game four four and six is uh you know it's not good um but you know uh they're not dead yet so um we'll see uh they're playing on thanksgiving and we'll see what happens they get, i mean again they they get the bills so tough test Yikes. but yeah um we'll see another game that quite possibly could set offensive football back probably 45 years at this point. Uh, Carolina at Baltimore. Carolina looked absolutely pathetic. Baker puts his hat in the ring for the worst quarterback in the league. And I'm, this might be a hot take here, but Lamar Jackson sucks right now. Um, the past, I, I want to say it was the first three weeks of the season, he was hot. He was real hot. Uh, since then, he's been terrible. And I don't know if it's a they don't have guys to throw to, I mean, Andrews was back this week. Demarcus Robinson played really well this week. So, I mean, I, I can't say they don't have guys to throw to. But likely didn't get – he got one target, one one catch for one yard. He, he filled in really well for Andrews. They didn't, they didn't really play him very well. Um, they didn't run the ball a, a ton for yardage. I mean, they had 30 carries, but only a buck 15 – uh, Jackson's been bad. Yeah, he's been, and that, that's partly why they're seven and three. Because some of the games that they've lost, they've blown because they couldn't score in the fourth, or they, they they couldn't score in the second half, whatever it was. But he's been he's been bad. And I'm I mean, outside of Baker, I'm not even gonna comment too much on Carolina because they're not worth it. Um. Yeah. Listen, Lamar Jackson, and they haven't given him a contract. And I I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's a pretty electric player, both when he was in college and when he's in the pros. But um, his knock is that like he's not a good passer, and when when he gets kind of bottled up a little bit in the running game and forces you to beat beat you through the air, he, he has a difficult time doing it. It's another you know uh, team that I feel like should be a better red zone team because of their rushing ability uh, through usually their running backs and uh, quarterback. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they haven't they haven't really uh, been too electric. I mean, just good thing in this game, Baker Mayfield was the opposing quarterback because he's been just – he's done, I think. I, I don't think – I think he's done as an NFL quarterback. I mean, uh, he's just been terrible. Um, Kenny Drake – Beyond terrible. Uh, Kenny Drake, 10 for 46. Lamar Jackson did get in the end zone, but Demarcus Robinson was their guy. And nine for 28. Good to have Mark Andrews back. I mean, it's obviously Lamar Jackson's security blanket. Um, but yeah, they just don't really have a explosive playability besides Lamar. And when he's not on, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, they're still seven and three. So I mean, they 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 have I guess just as good a shot as anyone. I just think they're they're under talented. It seems like across the board. I don't know again every single guy on their defense or anything like that. But um, so yeah, we'll 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 shift over to the next game, which was kind of another just shitty shitty offensive game. Uh, Washington at Houston. Washington wins twenty three to ten. Uh, Heineke played okay, I guess. Uh, no touchdowns, no picks, no sacks. Um, they rushed the ball 40 for 153. You know, as a team, wasn't great. Gibson and uh, Brian Robinson kind of split carries, uh, 15 and 18 respectively. Um, they, I mean, they moved the ball around. I think McLaurin had four for 55 in the first half. I don't think he had a catch in the second half, uh, which kind of sucked. But uh, outside of him, they, they, you know, moved the ball around. Um, on the Houston side of things, Davis Mills 
two interceptions. He had a rushing touchdown at the end of the game that kind of maybe saved his day. Uh, Damian Pierce came back to life, 10 carries for eight yards. I think that was more of like a game script thing. They just they were just getting whooped. They were down 20 to nothing in half, and they just got beat pretty much the whole game. Uh, they're one and eight, and one or one eight and one. They're not going anywhere. They're going to get the first pick, or they're in the running for the first pick, whatever it is. So they'll probably draft a quarterback. Mills will be a backup somewhere, maybe play in the CFL next season or something like that. <laughs> but they, I mean, Houston's just a train wreck. Yeah, I mean that. I mean they're probably the worst team in the league. Um, and when your opening drive turns out to be in 37-yard interception return for a touchdown, it's just deflating. And and then back-to-back-to-back touchdowns in the second quarter by Washington with no answer. Um, You know, Fairburn, field goal in the third quarter is just not going to get it done. So, um, yeah, I I mean, they're just bad. Washington's defense is actually was the the upside to this game. Like you said, Heineke was kind of like the game manager at this point. But they didn't really need to do much because – uh, you know, on the ground they were efficient and um, they had an early lead, so they were just using using that lead and eating up the clock. And it was obviously game plan uh, plan dependent, and it worked because uh, 23 to 10 and six and five now. So uh, Heineke has been listed as a starter moving forward. So we'll see. Um, AFC West matchup: uh, the bottom two teams, obviously uh, Raiders at the Broncos. Went to overtime. Raiders ended up winning 22-16 on a walk-off touchdown from Carr to Devontae. Um, this is probably the only time I can remember seeing this, but the Raiders didn't rush anyone else in the game besides Josh Jacobs. They had 24 rushes. They were all Josh Jacobs. Uh, 109 on the ground. He continues his you know, pretty much contract, great contract season, which he's going to get paid by someone somewhere. Me personally hopes that it's not with Vegas, but um, Devontae Adams blew up because, of course, I was playing him, so obviously he's going to blow up. Seven for 141 and two touchdowns. They didn't, I mean, they didn't have a ton more going on outside of him, which is surprising that he hasn't had more games like that because of the way that their team is. And Denver loses another game where they're just kind of a mess offensively. Russell Wilson, again, no touchdowns. Three and seven. I'm not sure where they go from here. Melvin Gordon fumbled again on what, like the two or three yard line. Got released. Was released immediately thereafter. <laughs> and it's just, they're a mess. Latavius Murray is now running back one. I think Chase Edmonds got hurt, so he's out. Um, it, they're just, they're kind of all over the place. I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of this game because it was just, again, I hate Wilson and the Denver offense is just so disgusting to watch. I mean, the Denver offense, we talked about, like, red zone woes. they got to be the worst red zone team in the league. I mean, they Maybe just in history. They, they're horrible once they get in the red zone. And um, that's not usually been, you know, Wilson's M.O., but uh, he's been bad. Good to see Cortland Sutton come back to life, but they had no one else to throw the ball to. Judy's hurt. Um, everyone's hurt. So uh, Gordon's cut. Can't hold on to the rock. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But Denver sucks. I think the Raiders suck. Um, you know, cool to give Josh Jacobs a rock a ton of times and help out fantasy owners, but uh, beyond that, this is kind of an ugly game. It's just two of the most disappointing teams in the league, too, because I think both of them probably Had high got, prom- yeah, probably high got that to win the division. 
Um, probably the most anticipated matchup maybe of the week, or definitely one of the biggest of the of the week, was Dallas at Minnesota, and it just turned out to be a complete opposite. Uh, Dallas kicked the shit out of Minnesota, 40-3. to It was the worst, I believe it was the worst home loss Minnesota had since like 65 or 67 or something like that, which was insane. Cousins was god-awful in this game, but to somehow defend him in this game, he got sacked seven times, and I don't even know if he played the fourth quarter. They were just under constant pressure. Dallas's defense projected on on Yahoo for like five points for some reason. Their front seven is insane. Micah Parsons... He's ridiculous. ...is unbelievable, and he just had play after play after play. I think it was the opening drive that he had like three tackles and a sack or something like that. So he's really, really good. He had five quarterback hits in this game. He was all over the place. He he was all over the place. That's crazy. On the Dallas offensive side, Dak looked good. Again, zero sacks, two touchdowns. So he was he was kept clean pretty much the whole entire game. Tony Pollard looked like he would be a top five pick if it wasn't for Zeke being there. But Zeke vultured fifteen carries, two two more TDs, adding to his total on the season. Um, and he looked pretty good. So I don't think it's going to change anything anytime soon. I don't think uh, Pollard's going to be complaining though by not getting the end zone on the on the ground and giving it to Zeke to preserve life. And you know they use him more in the passing game and he goes to six for one hundred nine, uh, two TDs. So I mean they're clicking on all cylinders right now. They're going to be a problem, and uh, they just put a whooping to uh, Cousins. And 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 the thing is, is like you know. I didn't believe I wasn't too high on Minnesota um, as an eight and one team. I just wasn't, um, and the reason being is that this exact measurement. I mean, uh, granted, you know, uh, Minnesota did you know beat Buffalo. That game was crazy last week. It could have went either wa- uh, way, but the issue is is that Dallas's D is that good that it's not. It totally shut down a really good offense um, in, in Minnesota. Again, it could be a fluke week and they just had a down week, but either way, the bottom line is. 40 to 3 is still 40 to 3. So, um, Jesus. Yeah, they got whooped. Um, AFC North matchup, uh, rematch of week one, I believe, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Uh, Cincinnati ended up winning the game 37 to 30, which was probably much higher scoring. I don't know what the over under was in this game, but it, it couldn't have been more than 44, 45. Uh, 37 to 30. Burrow with another huge week. 355 through the air, four touchdowns, uh, two picks, but only sacked twice. He looked really, really good. T. Higgins, he had him wide open all day. Higgins made a few nice catches, but outside of that, I mean, he was he was wide open. Um, I think the big news from the Cincinnati standpoint was Mixon got banged up, and P. Ryan stepped right in. Uh, 11 carries for 30 yards and four catches for three touchdowns. So I think P. Ryan's probably... I don't know if he's the pickup of the week. Definitely the pickup of the week. But he's he's got to be you know top two or three out there depending on you know. Especially if Chase so. if Chase isn't you know I don't think he's coming back yet. So uh, you know you're picking up a guy on a high octane offense. Um, you know Mixon had four f- five touchdowns last week or something ridiculous. Um, so with him being banged up, it gives P Ryan the ability to I'm not gonna say score three touchdowns every game, but. Uh, I guess that upside of potentially having uh, that option. Um, you know, Higgins had a insane play uh, where he had to go up and get the ball, and he actually 
went out of the game for a couple plays. I actually got worried that he, he was hurt. I have him in my dynasty league, and he's just nasty. I mean, you you know, uh, without Chase, I mean, he's a, a number one receiver um, and probably a top 10 guy. Um, and he's still pretty efficient even when Chase is there. Uh, and that's just because then you, you can't double anybody. I mean, they're that good. Um, on the flip side, Najee's coming back to life two games in a row now. He looks pretty decent, of course. That's when I, you know, get rid of him in Dynasty, uh, and now he's kind of killing it. Pickens had uh, a pretty big touchdown. He actually could have had a way bigger game. Way um, yeah, he had, you know, an end zone, uh, which should have been another touchdown on a big throw earlier in the game. Unless and, it was like 50, 60 yards, uh, that would and, have been, uh, right? Yeah, something, something big. So he would put him over 100 and a couple TDs. Uh, but just uh, Pickett was off the mark. Um, Frymuth was pretty dominant in this game. I will say he was he was pretty impressive. He was like, you know, uh, 8 for 79 is pretty good with no TDs, but on 12 targets, which is good. Obviously, he's yeah, Pickett's security blanket. But he was, he was just like dragging defenders, and he was picking up the extra yards. And he's just, he's as good as, uh, you know, uh, possibly can be. Um in the tight end department, especially for a young end, a young player uh, at that position. But um, other than that, yeah, I mean, since he's offense, which is better, uh, that's what it came down to in this game. Yeah, I'm surprised the game was ended up being that close. Uh, the Sunday night football game was uh, the Chiefs at the Chargers, which is another AFC West matchup, which was the better two teams of the four. Uh, 30 to 27, KC ended up winning the game. Just another Mahomes, I guess, pulling it out in the fourth quarter, somehow miraculously winning these games that he wins. 329 uh, through the air, three touchdowns, all of them to Travis Kelsey, who's still probably the second best tight end in Kansas City history, never mind in the NFL history. But, um, Everyone wants to crown him as the best ever because it's just what have you done for me lately type of thing. But uh, Tony Gonzalez was pretty good while he played there for, I don't know, 15 seasons or something like that. And there's another guy named Gronk that was pretty decent when he played too. But um, Kelsey's awesome right now. And if you stacked Mahomes and Kelsey in a league, you're you're probably doing pretty well because they've had multiple games where they're awesome. The one thing that worried me, because I can't stand Kansas City, obviously I like watching them, but I'm not a fan uh Pacheco they got a running back now that looks like he shot out of a cannon when he runs the ball and if they can if he can run for 100 yards or if they can average you know six yards a carry with Mahomes as their quarterback uh, I'm not really sure how you stop them yeah I mean uh we talked about this in the beginning of the year I mean Mahomes the games that they lost he had the ability to win for the most part on like game winning drives to end and had interceptions or like didn't have it. But more times than not, he does what he does, you know, this game and right down the he, field. he he does it. Yeah, he's a magician with the ball. The guy's really that good. Um hate to say because he's an AFC guy, they go against the you know Patriots and but he's just freaking nasty and you know, if they have a run game that's legitimate, I mean Pacheco averaging seven point one yard to carry. I think there's two games in a row. There's either at a hundred or close to a hundred yards, you know, rushing. Um, and they have Kelsey and, and the tale of this game was like, everyone's like, Oh, it's going to be a Kadarius Tony show. And he was zero for zero, uh, one target hamstring injury, one torn. The dudes, the dudes back out. Uh, I think the bright side, uh, is sky Moore. Um, he was, 
you know, supposed to be the rookie that was going to do things. And now with the injuries uh, that they have at wide receiver, he has a chance to get implemented in the offense a little bit more and see what he, he can actually do. Uh, six targets, five for 63 is pretty good. Um, and the flip side, I mean, the Chargers stayed in this, you know, uh, game. Um, Herbert had some pretty ridiculous throws, and Josh Palmer's been pretty good. I mean, 8 for 106 and two TDs. He's kind of stepped up in the absence of, of Allen um, and Williams. And, and now, you know, Allen came back and ended up, I think all his money, uh, all his points were in the fourth quarter. Allen didn't have much through most of the game and ended up with 5 for 94, but... Palmer's looks like he's here to stay. I don't think he's going anywhere. The throw that Herbert had to Keenan Allen down the sideline, it might have been on the, their last drive or the second to the last drive, whatever it was, that put him in the put him up in the game was unbelievable. I mean, it was perfect. And Keenan Allen's awesome too, obviously. Catches the ball with his hands really well. Um, I'm just going to say this because it, it probably it will end up costing me, you know, most of it. But, dude, I'm fuck Mike Williams I'm just the guy <laughs> is out comes back what one he had one catch and then was injured re-injured immediately like right thereafter um and you know to no fault of his own obviously the guy's not asking to get injured or anything along those lines but w- w- how many times do we talk about like injury prone guys right He's Keenan definitely Allen's at the of, top of that dude, list. Mike Williams got to be the top of that list. I mean, he's he's up there with uh, you know the guys that pull their hamstrings and Kadarius Tony is probably going to be one of those guys where when he plays, you know, great eight for one ten and a touchdown, but he's also liable to get you one for fifteen and be injured. Yeah, or just not even get anything. I mean, um, buried in in the Chargers losing another three point game, which seems like every game they lose is by three points. Austin Eckler is. It just scored another touchdown. I think Field Yates tweeted it out, but he has like 31 touchdowns in his last 28 games or something like that. I mean, he's just an animal. He's 19 awesome. for 83. Touchdown. Uh, only two for 17 through the air, which was underwhelming for him because he was averaging like seven catches a, a game or something like that. But Palmer and, and Allen coming back, he, he had to think he was going to get a little bit less, a little bit less there. But he's been you know, almost close to a fantasy MVP type of uh type of season for him he's been he's been awesome yeah he he's definitely been great um the uh the monday night football game is going on as we speak right now so not a i guess like a ton um from this as of yet the niners are up 24 to 10 in the third quarter the game i want to say the game closed at like 10 and a half or something like that because kyler got ruled out uh, Marquise Brown didn't get activated, so they went with Colt McCoy, who's got to be our age at this point, and you know he's just showing it. He, he's got an interception. He's, he's been a career backup. I mean, uh, I thought he was always decent, but he's like you said, he's older now. He's just he's definitely not the answer, and you're going against one of the teams that are, I think, could make some noise. They're at full strength. Yeah, I mean. Um, and they got everyone involved today. Everyone scored. Uh, Debo just had. Uh, their latest touchdown rushing the ball two for 37 on the ground and a TD. They got George Kittle going early three for 52 in a TD. Brandon Ayuk, you know, uh, only one for seven, but got in the end zone. Uh, McCaffrey's the only one that hasn't gotten the end zone, but he's been heavily involved six for 36 on the ground and five for 48 through the air. So dude's a stud. Um, James Conner's got 12 for 38 in a TD and Hopkins 
8487. Other than that, not much to uh, speak of here. Um, I will say I watched a, a pretty cool tweet prior to this game, and it was uh, the entry into the game, and Jimmy G came in this like pimp blue suit and you know looking sharp, and then they like darted to Colt McCoy, and he looked like he just got off the couch and got sunburned somehow on the way to the game, and <laughs> the commentators were kind of like dogging all over him, and it was it was pretty funny because one looked like a sharp dressed man like on a GQ magazine, the other looked like he was about to go fishing in a boat out back and you know pack a dip or something. Dude, poor McCoy because the guy has probably made I mean I mean, more money than I could even imagine, but the guy's probably made less than Garoppolo makes in two seasons. You know, in total in his career and McCoy's probably taken you know a thousand more hits and has CTE and Garoppolo's just banging porn stars with like the you know the chin of a Greek god. But uh yeah, I mean dude the Niners are five and four. They're probably gonna win this game. I think they just got the ball back. They're going to be 6-4. and four. They got they they have a very, very, very good team when they're healthy with Debo, Ayuk, obviously McCaffrey, Kittle. Um, you know, Garoppolo can game manage it. They're... Uh, the defense. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a dangerous little, you know, I guess like a 5 or a 6 seed. I don't think they'll end up winning that division. Maybe they do win the division. I don't know where I mean, they, have, they definitely have the... They have the ability to win the division, so... Um, I don't know they, where they're at vice, um, versus Seattle, but I, I think Seattle's got a game on. I think a game. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, so yeah, they got. They also, um, before we get into if we have changes in uh, power rankings, which we normally do, I just will say our nine-game winning streak for the Celtics has come to an end. Um, 121 to 107, the Chicago Bills uh, Bulls win. Uh, Hal Horford went 0 for nine. Um, zero points. Um, that's that's, that's just not going to get it done. Smart three for nine. Brown nine for twenty. Tatum nine for nineteen. Uh, White two for five. Just not a good day shooting the ball. Um, and their defense and step up. So basically, what we talked about, you know, being a defensive liability and not having the offensive prowess that we had, it cost us the game. One oh seven to one twenty one. Let's see here. Um, I went to the wrong. Um, just real quick, something that I was looking at when I was looking at next week. So I was looking at the um, Thanksgiving games. Uh, the Giants play the Cowboys in the afternoon game. I was looking at the leaders here. Barkley's got uh, 9.53 total for the season on the Who does? Um, Saquon. Okay. He's uh, 953 yards rushing. And then I just scrolled down two things. Bengals play at the Titans. Derrick Henry has a thousand and ten and ten TDs, and it's just it's it's just funny how he gets, mean, he, gets on, he gets he gets talked about, but I mean as He's as we came man. into like the draft this year it was like people were staying away from him. I wanted him. And I'm I would a fan. I would have. I'm always a fan. Loved to have taken him at you know six or seven wherever I drafted. I think he went at five or whatever it was. And when I say people are staying away from him, obviously he he wasn't going to be you know the one pick or, or the two, but um, you could have made an argue, argument for him for two. I mean, so. barring before injury last year, I mean, he was the best running back in the league. Uh, Did so. he miss a game this year? I don't. I don't think so. No. Okay. I, I mean, he he, he he started off slow. There's no doubt because I was contemplating trying to snipe him, and actually, he, he I reached up, out uh, a few people about sniping. Hilliard him. Hilliard played. He scored the first. I know was it week two, one? Two, two touchdowns. Hilliard had. He looked. Game he one. looked better in a few games. Yeah. I know that. Where Henry had some bad games. He's got a thousand yards already. And they're and they're so they're they're, they're, they're they're ten ten games in so they have seven more games. I'm just gonna shot at eighteen hundred 
yards again on the ground. Like I don't think he's going to go for 2,000 yards, obviously, but he, he picks up steam as they as they roll through the winter and the the cold months. He's got a shot at 1,800 yards on the ground and 18 TDs, something like. That. It's just it's just funny. I don't yeah. know. Everyone's talking about like Barkley, who's you know the best first round pick that you could have had so far, and uh, you know him and Eckler. Well, I don't think I think the thing is about Barkley is that he wasn't a first round pick, like. You know, people were scared to death of this guy, and yep. you know, I took him at ten, I think, um, or or you know, yeah. uh, or End two one, two one, whatever you want to say. Yeah. And it was like high upside, could be terrible, and it just it, it panned out. He's he's been healthy, he's been awesome, and it's good to see him healthy. You never wish injuries on anybody, especially a guy of that um, big playability and just. He was electric in Penn State. I mean, the guy's awesome. Um, so good to see. But, yeah, I mean, people hate, man, but Henry is the king. And, yep. and there's a reason why they crowned him the king. I mean, it's him. It's it's really him and Chubb. Yeah. And, and Chubb and, having that game this week definitely hurt hurt him. Yep. Um, so I will see. I mean, this is the time of year. Like I said, you know, uh, people game plan to Henry, and they still can't stop him. So, um, <laughs> I mean, you're not thinking about taking away the receivers for the, for the Titans. You're thinking one thing and one thing only, and that's to stop the king, and he still kills it. It was just, it was just something that was funny when I was looking at the games for next week. So, um, quick, it's a quick turnaround this week. There's three Thursday games with uh, Thanksgiving. So the Bills at the Lions, the Giants at the Cowboys, and the Patriots at the Vikings. All three games this year. I mean, I know the spreads are the spreads are actually pretty large. It's Buffalo minus nine. It's Dallas minus nine. It's Minnesota minus three. But I, I think they could be three good games. I don't. I mean, I, I'll see if the we'll see if the Lions actually show up. Which team they get? But um, the Giants Cowboys is always an entertaining game. The fact that Dallas is a nine point favorite is actually kind of surprising to me. But Patriots Vikings is a huge game for both teams because the Vikings coming off of that embarrassing loss and the Patriots coming off of you know a punt return touchdown win. You know, all three of the games I think are going to be definitely games that I'll tune into and I and some of the games when we when you get them on Thanksgiving they're like automatic games that are just going to be blowouts or whatever uh, that's not the case and there's a few other games on the Sunday slate that are pretty good too I I tell you what I know I mean can't say that I know because I'm not Bill Belichick and I'm no guru but if I'm Bill Belichick I'm just looking at what the Cowboys did to Minnesota defensively and what they did on the ground and those are our strengths, our only strengths, I would say. Yeah. Um, so if I was Bill, I would be like, how do I take a play out of this book? Because um, that worked. And whatever they did, I would be trying to implement the same similar strategy. And again, I, I, you know, I'm sure that you know, uh, from a standpoint of Minnesota, they're going to make sure that that wouldn't happen again. But I would make them prove that they... They can't do that, you know. Uh, again, so um, hopefully, we'll, we'll see. hopefully, the Pats can sign Tony Pollard and <laughs> um, Micah Parsons. In the meantime, they'll I guess they'll just have to stick with uh, Stevenson and, and Judon, who are who are. I was gonna say that's not okay really their, terrible. Okay, combo. in their own sense. Yeah, I don't think that's. But right. um, yeah, the sad, the Sunday games too. The Bengals at the Titans is a huge game for both. Again, Titans could. They win their eight and three. Bengals win their seven and four. Both teams are uh, right there. You know, right, right there. Um, another game that's that's, I guess, some implications. Um, the uh, the backers at the Eagles is a Sunday night football game. 
this is it. That's it for the Packers. I mean, at Philadelphia has got to be the hardest game that they, that you could possibly pick right now, and they're pretty much must win at this point. If it's, I will say that the close. Eagles seem a little vulnerable. So like, if there was a time to pounce for for uh, Rodgers, it's only minus seven, right. which uh, is surprising. Um, but if I'm the Eagles, that could be that could go the opposite way. I mean, we're talking about they look vulnerable. They could just be like, you know what, enough of this bullshit, and just come out blazing and just go back to what they did the first. You I was know, gonna uh, say I, I could see that game being yeah. Miles Sanders, yeah. you know, 18 for 100 in a touchdown, hurts, you know, 10 rushes, uh, Boston Scott. I, I could just see them running the ball down their throat, um, especially at Philly too. It's gonna be cold Sunday night after Thanksgiving. Green Bay is gonna be traveling after Thanksgiving it just I mean like I, the other thing is it's like morale like we, we talked about the morale but like if yeah. you think you're potentially out of the playoffs these guys might not have the heart that you know you're talking about a team that's thinks they're Super Bowl bound to a team that doesn't think they could probably make the playoffs anymore so I mean they have to win um, out, right? you know so uh th- th- that's you know no one talks about that enough I think the energies and the, the, that morale and the locker room and things of that nature so that plays a big part um so uh, we'll see, um, but yeah, I agree um, with that. So yeah, that's uh, a little bit of the the week twelve games that we have coming up. Um, we could pop into power rankings. Yeah, we'll our power rankings and and see what we have. You have any Mine's, changes? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think at this point when you get beat by thirty seven, you have to take Minnesota <laughs> out of uh, out of the top five and maybe even put them in the in the bottom five. Uh, the problem is Kirk Cousins doesn't play at one o'clock. He he's he's fucking terrible, right? Like, <laughs> and again, he's playing at eight twenty on Thursday night too, and they're favored again at home. I, I don't know. I'm not taking the Patriots, but yeah. Anyways, um, I still got Philly at one. Um, I I I can't. I mean, I can't move them out of one, especially they're, they they got a home game this week. Um, I put KC at two, Buffalo at three. Uh, mainly because I know Buffalo beat KC just the way they look. I mean, Kansas City just looks like they had that they, they just have it right now. Like they're borderline unstoppable. And then I put Dallas at four, and I put Miami back at five. Um, just looking through the rest of the league. So who's at five? I put Miami at five. No, who's uh, so so uh, Eagles, Chiefs, yep, Bills, Dallas, Dallas, Miami, Miami. Yeah, I um. Right. I was just looking at the rest of the league. I'm not sure. I mean, I was I was contemplating Cincinnati. I was contemplating um, even even um, not leaving Minnesota. Obviously, it is absolutely mauled. But there's a few teams. I guess you could yeah you could slide in there. Dude, Miami's just. I, I mean, we'll see this year. The, this excuse me this week they're playing again. But they're. Um, they're electric. They're hot. They have Houston this week. Which... Oh God, they're gonna. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah. Um, I will. Uh, I have some changes too. I'm actually gonna move the Chiefs to one. Um, and the reason I being, and the reason being is, even though they have one more loss, I just feel like if that was the head-to-head battle in the in the Super Bowl, I think I'd pick the Chiefs to win. They'd be favored. Um, so uh, I'm gonna go Chiefs, Eagles. Um, believe it or not, I'm sliding the Bills. I'm gonna slide the Bills down a few. Um, I'm gonna put. Uh, Dallas at three. I'm going to put uh, Buffalo at four. And then I'm going to stick with San Fran at five, uh, my five spot. I just feel like that. We just talked about it. They just, they have the team to, they could win everything. They could win the whole thing. Um, they have all the tools to do so. Um, I, I think Miami's right there um, 
at six for me. Um, they're really good. They're a different team with Tua too. So it's um, wild to think like we. I mean, they're ahead of Buffalo in the division right now. Yep. You know, like they have the head-to-head, and they're seven and three, and they're. I mean, they're they're probably going to go to eight and three because they're playing Houston, and B- Buffalo will probably go to eight also and three as well. Right. So I mean, they're they're going to be right there. Um, it's just weird that Miami beat Buffalo, and even the way I look at it is, if they played again, all Buffalo would smack them because it's you know it's Miami and it's. But that's probably not the case. Well, my my thing is is like a lot of this, unfortunately, is just due to. The present, and the present is yeah. that Allen's not 100%, and he's, he's got not. this arm issue and, you know, our elbow issue on his throwing arm, and it's like, that is big. That thing, that is gigantic. Um, again, we just talked about the, them changing up their whole scheme to preserve him for the year, and there's still a decent amount of football to be played, and the most important games haven't even started, and they've have you know, if Allen's not throwing... 50 times a game I mean they're going to be a little bit more vulnerable I think it's good right now that they're trying to establish other identities this way they can preserve them um, but um, I don't know we'll see I mean they played Cleveland and they could have lost so I just uh, granted you know Brissett played out of his mind um, if they're playing on a team that doesn't give a shit on Thursday with Detroit so um, if they lose to Detroit I mean that's Changes everything. I mean, we could potentially be right there. We're we're only uh, a few gains behind, so yep. um, I mean, we'll see. Um, I still think they're ridiculous. I just think that I I pick them to be so high because Allen is unbelievable, and if he's not 100%, then that really changes them. And I think to your point too, if Kansas City played anyone in the league right now, I think they'd be favored. Yeah, I anyone. Mean, I think they would. I mean, if it was at Kansas City, obviously they would definitely be favored. But if they played anyone in the Super Bowl right now. I don't think Vegas would favor Philly over Kansas City. I just don't. And if they played Buffalo, I think Kansas City would be a point and a half favorite. I just, I, I do. I I don't think it would be. And if they played Dallas, they would definitely be favored. If they played Miami, San Francisco, I mean, it wouldn't matter. If they played any of those teams, they'd be favored. In all honesty, I think the other issue that I'm having, the reason why I put Philly out, is that I like Philly. I think they're really good. They've been an amazing story this year, and it's good to see them. But I still think, like legitimately, if they got into the playoffs and they played either the Cowboys or the 49ers, like they could lose. Like yeah. I, I'm not definitively like, oh, they're gonna go smack them. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think they could lose. And you know, do I think 100% they're gonna lose? No, I don't think that. And that's why I kept them at two. But I don't think, like we just said, like pretty much right now, I feel like, especially with the injury to Allen, if Kansas City goes against anyone in the AFC, I think they're going to beat them uh, for the most part. So, um, And I don't really have any much hesitation about it. Whereas in the NFC, I, like, there's three teams that I think they could win. Um, and Miami, too. They, I mean, they, <laughs> they they could make some noise, too. So, I mean, um, Speaking of which, like you just mentioned, uh, Philly plays at Dallas when is that? Christmas Eve. I'll be a good game. Christ- so Christmas Eve is uh, Saturday. What week is that? That is oh, week 16. So, so it's like 18 weeks now? Yeah, so that could be that could be for the division at that point, maybe, yeah. something like that. Um, there's three games on Christmas Day, and then there's what, a game uh, what, that Monday. What is um, Philly's schedule um, before that? Do they have anyone else that's really hard from now till then? I mean, they got to play the Giants again, I believe. I mean, they that's always going to be a divisional game. So. I mean, they play at the Bears the week before <laughs> that. They play... Yeah, that's it. At the Giants. And the they got the Titans, too. That. 
they get the Titans on the fourth. They have, and then they have the Giants the week after. Yep. Um, and the Bears. I mean, the Bears, Packers. Unfortunately, uh, to those two teams, I think they should smack both of them pretty uh, handily. Um, I mean, they could really smack the Titans too. I mean, I just don't know if it's basically going to come down to the Titans D. It's not so much stopping Derrick Henry. I think it's just the Titans being able to stop their, um, you know, Philly's offense. Um, Giants, I think, have I've been exposed at this point. By the 11th of December, Giants might be on self-implosion, you know, five, four-game losing streak at that point. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, uh, Cowboys, the day before Christmas could be a good game. Uh, Garoppolo just threw another one to Iuk for a touchdown. Uh, uh, this is a San Fran's up 31-10. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that game's over. Um, all right, so we, we skipped a week, but i just keeping track of the, the bets that I had from the previous week. So uh, it was a 3-2 and two week on episode 8, so it brings us up to 15-17-3 and 17 and three year to date, which under 500. But uh, the three for this week that I picked were, um, I don't know, kind of some weird ones across the board. But again, I took two of the unders that are the larger spreads. So the Miami game, I took the under, which is 45 and a half. Miami and the Texans. I mean, the Texans might not even score. Uh, Buffalo and Detroit, the over-under is 54. Again, that that is a, that's a, a lot of points. But Buffalo has the opportunity to maybe blow that game, especially coming off of a bad, you know, not a bad performance, but like a weird performance against Cleveland. So I took both the unders there. Um, Cleveland plays at home against Tampa. Um, taking Tampa minus three. There's another off, team that's you know kind of starting to get a little healthy too. So. Coming off the bye, I just think Brady coming off of a bye playing Cleveland. I don't care who plays with Cleveland. I'm taking Brady. Um, I'm taking the Ravens minus four. Um, strictly because we were kind of just shitting on the Ravens, and I just feel like they're they're probably just bound to win that game. Um, they're minus four, and they are at uh, Jacksonville. So four seems a little bit light. Um, Ravens' defense has been pretty good. I don't think the Jags' defense is, like, great. Um, and then I'm taking the Giants, plus nine. It's a division game. It's a short week. Dallas is coming off of a huge win. I can't do that. So I just... Nine's a lot in a division I, game. I, I agree, week. but I just can't. I think that I I really think the Giants are about to implode. They I might. Really do. Uh, they I, might. I, I believe that. Although I, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Daniel Jones has been, you know, pretty good. Um, um, they call him White Vic, yeah. which is <laughs> hilarious. Awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> so, it is awesome. Um, yeah, he's definitely he's got to be one of the only guys from Duke that plays in the NFL. I mean, I'm not a betting man, but. I, if I feel like there's a sure thing this week, it's the Dolphins at the Texans. I know it's 12s a ton. I just feel like the Texans could get beat by 30. The Texans like, might not score. Like, I, I honestly, I, you know. Um, at Miami. Too. Their defense is the worst. And you're talking about the two best big playability guys on a, you know, on the same team. You know, uh, I think you could Waddle see some. And, I think you could see some yeah. blowouts this week strictly because it's it's Thanksgiving. Right. And then teams have to travel. So Houston's going to take Thanksgiving at home, and then they have to travel to Miami. I mean, Talking it, about a morale game, the Texans are 1-8-1. One, one. That's, that's pretty bad. That's fucking horrific. Yeah. Like, that is absolutely putrid. Like, 
cooks should just stay at the the dinner table and not leave. You know. I mean, I'll blame him for being pissed that he didn't get traded. I, later in his career, yeah, it sucks. I mean, um, it's also go, just go to a contender. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, they, he, what is didn't. he's probably like? What the fuck am I playing for right the, now? Yeah, like, I mean. And poor Davis Mills, that guy is going to end up with dead. Yeah, he's CTE. Going to end up he has it already, guaranteed. He he'll probably get injured by the end of the season because there's another guy. He gets rid of the ball pretty quick, but he's uh, yeah, he he gets he gets hit a lot too. So we talked about the 49ers trying to make a a, a push here, but um, they're one game out of the Seahawks for the division lead. But they got the Saints this week, who just came off a pretty good game, and the Seahawks play the fucking Raiders. So um, that's uh. Raiders got, I mean, uh, the 49ers look like they have a little bit of a tough task. Um, unless the Raiders just come out and get crazy, but um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think, the, I think, I mean, the, the Niners with McCaffrey are just different, though. They're, they're, he's already killing it. I mean, he doesn't have a touchdown on this game, but he's he's a leading receiver. Yep. Um, yeah, he's just, he's he's good, man. Yeah, he just changes. He I mean, changes obviously he's making Debo better. Ayuk's got two touchdowns, so um, you might be spot on with them, especially only you know, a game out of that division. So, um, yeah, I mean, that wraps pretty much our, uh, our week 12 preview. Um, we'll, uh, we'll break, we'll take our Thanksgiving break, be back next week. Um, anything, uh, anything before we wrap up? I just wanted to uh, tell all our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned. I hope you have a great holiday and, uh, yeah, we'll catch you uh, next week. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks.